Hey, before we begin, we want to tell you to try out the NPR One app for your phone. Every Thursday this month, you can hear episodes of Pop Culture Happy Hour a day early. That's exclusively on NPR One. A day before they've even been recorded. By listening, you may alter the future. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour stories from your local station and more on the NPR One app. It's on your app store. We, we want to encourage you not to go back in time and listen. You could then alter the reality in which we now live with grave consequences for you and uh, your children and your grandchildren. You could alter the course of humanity uh, in a way that um, could cause all of us great peril. So please listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour uh, in the present or in the future, but do not attempt to change the past, no matter how tempting it may be to change your present reality. Again, it may seem as if uh, by going back and tinkering with choices and mistakes you've made in the past, you can improve the present. But uh, all of time is a mobile hanging above a crib. And by, uh, by disturbing one, all things move. Uh, you, you could, you could uh, conceivably, just by sending a thank you note you forgot to send, you could destroy all of the fabric of space. So we want to just once again, do not use the NPR One app to travel into the past. Use it to listen to programs that NPR has created for your enjoyment. That is the only recommended use of the app. If you're still listening, you can find the NPR One app in the App Store. It's NPR One, O-N-E. That's how it's spelled. Hey, we're taking the week off, but we didn't want to leave you alone. We know how you get. So instead, we're going to bring you one of our favorite episodes from the past. You, your radio, if, if you're listening to us on a radio, pro- probably has an on-off switch, uh, probably a dial. It's a one-way device. You can't comment on something if you like it or dislike it. You can't, say, downvote a Prairie Home Companion. But it almost wasn't that way. Matt Novak is here with us now. He runs the Paleo Future blog. So Matt recently came across some information about a device called Radio Vota from the 1930s. It was invented by a man named Neville Monroe Hopkins. So, Matt, what can you tell us? Uh, well, it just seemed so um, strange to me that this guy was so ahead of his time in the sense that, you know, we like to think that this like button, uh, the the whole concept is, is rather new. But, you know, this, this Dr. Hopkins had this idea that uh, you'd be able to push a button and... and more or less have an instantaneous reaction or uh, interaction with someone who's delivering a broadcast media. I mean, it was incredibly primitive. Um, the idea, as best I can understand it, is that you would press one of these buttons, yes, no, and present, uh, when prompted by a broadcaster on, on a given radio program. Uh, and if you hit yes, it would actually delay uh, the electrical impulse from that button push um, for as much as eight hours, I think. So basically, so I understand the technology right, this is a box uh, that you would attach to your radio, and it's controlling uh, electricity down a, down a line. And at the other end of the line, someone can tell whether you've hit uh, 
what is it? Yeah, yes, no, and present. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and it would actually uh, deliver um, these yes, no, and presents at different hour or at different periods through non-peak hours of power consumption, so that you could tell uh, apparently that that a button was being pushed. So, so radio though was kind of everything. So, what what was the range of things people could, in in theory, comment on? You know, I think that. Uh, people were talking about the possibility of, of um, not liking jazz. Uh, I think that was <laughs> that popped up in in one of the uh, one of the articles. Obviously, uh, uh, jazz being still relatively new by the mid nineteen thirties, there was I think a lot of snark in the newspapers about yeah you'd be able to press a no button to that jazz music. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, politics was obviously a much more direct and obvious uh, application for this this box that uh, Dr. Monroe had uh, had developed. So this would be a great way uh, to kind of weigh in on a fireside chat, say. Oh, for sure, yeah. Just put, put uh, present. <laughs> right, right. That's your sort of uh, uh, none of the above vote, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, also there's like, it is kind of an example of a lot of things that annoy people today. Like it's... It's kind of a version of uh, Wolf Blitzer on CNN reading tweets from <laughs> viewers about the, you know the Malaysia plane, and it's kind of right, a version right. of the like button. As somebody who sort of looks back through history, do you find it comforting that we've kind of always been as annoying as we are today? <laughs> if there's anything I've learned. Uh, through studying past visions of the future, it is that there really is nothing new. Um, you know, it's it's it is fascinating to me how we sort of evolve and have these ideas, and there's almost always something that that relates to it that someone was trying to do a hundred years earlier that was just far too ahead of its time. But yeah, I do find it oddly comforting to know that everything has always been the worst. Uh, <laughs> it's not just today. <laughs> well, Matt, thank thanks so much. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, let's let's try this out. Let's try and make our own radio vota. We we should get Seth, uh, hook him up with a, a fake radio vota, and, and just let him comment uh, on the rest of the show. Seth, are you cool with that? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, ready to go. For anyone out there listening in 2016, that's happening this week, Seth is an old intern of ours. I mean, I feel like I made it clear at the beginning of this episode that we should not be going back and tinkering with the past. By doing this, it's possible that the rest of this episode will uh, spin wildly out of control, and it could result in the creation of a new world leader who will enslave us all. Do you just want to fade Ian's mic down? I mean, it seems like a simple change and one that makes this easier to understand for our listeners. Upworthy posts on Facebook, they all kind of have the same structure. You won't believe this one thing. Present. Th- this kid has an amazing solution that will blow your mind. And what they're trying to do is get you to watch this video that ultimately has a disappointing resolution. And, and I think it's uh, it's fair to say uh, the Upworthy posts are universally accepted as annoying. So how do you fight back against the people that post these? Rob, you have a trick, right? I do you see a link that says, uh, you won't believe how this ex-military commando opens a bottle of wine. Yeah. 
you know, you could go and watch a video on what he does and to find out that he uses a coat hanger. Uh, my solution is to post the answer in the comments of uh, whoever posts that on Facebook. So you just write a coat hanger. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, the word spoiler kind of uh, implies that there's a big secret that you've been waiting all season to find out yeah. the answer to. And it would be kind of messed up, socially irresponsible of you to post what the spoiler is. But in this case, it's just a video of a military, ex-military commando opening a bottle of wine with a coat hanger. It's okay to spoil that kind of thing. So, Rob, have you tried this? I have. What's been the reaction? Uh, mostly positive, some uh, laughing, and I've had it happen out of the probably 15 times I've done it. I've had two of them of my comments deleted. <laughs> where the per- person, I'll admit this is a... This is uh, uncovered territory. We haven't, <laughs> as a society, we haven't really decided how to how to treat these. Well, I I think this is a great idea because those I feel like those are just those videos just are they're just trying to manipulate me. But the only problem with this this uh, plan is that somebody has to watch the video to spoil it. That's true. You do have to kind of martyr yourself on the video and then come back and leave a comment. Yeah, it's a coat hanger or the kid uses gum. You know, right, yeah. like that. <laughs> the community rallied around her, and they got through it together. <laughs> right. <laughs> Has there been anything that one of these links told you you would not believe that you have not believed? Uh, no. No, I've, I've come away believing them all. Yeah. Really? You're just like, eh, yeah. that's credulous. <laughs> that's mildly surprising. Uh. But still fully believable <laughs> well uh i i would like to thank you for uh for the service that you're doing for everyone in, in your facebook feed and and now in in all of ours well you're welcome thanks rob it's a coat hanger yes um i like that people were deleting his comments i think that's pretty funny um because that means that what he was doing was definitely uh, affecting their lives um in a strong way Now, the part of our show, we like to take a break and tell you about our sponsors. Trade King Advisors want to make investing easier and more accessible for everyone. Through data-driven technology, Trade King Advisors offers an automated investment portfolio that reacts to market conditions in order to make smarter investment decisions. Just go to TradeKingAdvisors.com to open and fund an account, then sit back and watch your portfolio invest for you automatically. Trade King Advisors is an SEC-registered investment advisor. All investments involve risk, Ian. It's important to note that um, with Trade King Advisors, you could conceivably find out uh, what what stocks are going to uh, gain value in the present day, uh, and then travel back in time and attempt to... Hey, Julia, what can we help you with? Um, so our principal made a new rule at school that we can't have backpacks, so we all have to use chapter keepers or carry around a stack of books. And I'm having trouble finding a good position to carry my trapper keeper so that I look cool. Uh, so you have so you have this trapper keeper. What's that look like? It's lime green, and it has a lot of signatures, like so-and-so is here and I love Julia. It, it, and it, it, did it come that way? No, okay. I mean people wrote on it. Right, <laughs> and you know, I in uh, 
in my day, a trapper keeper, you could get you could get one with anything on it, like uh, Alf or Michael Jackson were two popular ones. Is it still that way with uh, trapper keepers? I don't think so. Mm. I think they just sell the colors pretty much. Mm. Well, okay, so th- in my experience, a trapper keeper is something you just kind of sling under your arm. It's pretty easy to carry. But is that is that what you're doing and it just doesn't doesn't look cool? No, it doesn't look cool. Yeah. And sometimes I carry it like in front of me, like with the arms crossed around it, but mm-hmm. that that makes you look kind of weak. Weak body language, I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe have you seen anyone who can pull it off? Is there anyone in school who is manages to to not look like a dork? No, I haven't seen anyone. Wow. If, is there a uh, in your class, in your school, and a kind of icon of cool, and, and if so, could you kind of describe what what they, you know, how they carry themselves? Well, actually, I'm sitting in my band teacher's room, and pretty much the coolest guy in our grade just walked in. Oh, His really? His name is Zach. Zach. And wow. he's just like kind of, he's super cool. He always wears hoodies. Okay. Can he hear and you talking about him right now? No, he just left. Okay. He's a trombone lesson. Well, he's, he's he's the coolest guy, and he plays the trombone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what does he what's he do when he has to carry his books and stuff? The thing is, like, I don't notice because you you only notice when they look dorky what they're doing with their books. Okay. Wait. So is he still is he close enough by where you could run out and look at him and see what he's doing? One second. He's probably playing the trombone, but I'll check. Okay. Okay, so he's watching, uh, like, a band performance on the computer, and he's kind of, like, standing there with his hand in his pocket, and he's, like, a little slouched, but backward, not forward. And he's, like, looking at it like, yeah, that's cool, and I totally get it, and I could be that cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm picturing it. It does. The, the lean back definitely looks cool. Yeah. It, would it be possible for you to go up to him and hand him a trapper keeper and see what he does with it? I don't know. I don't see one around here. Any books? Uh, Any notebooks? I don't know. I don't want to interrupt his lesson. Yeah. I know what you mean, but the way I see it, he's going to have plenty of time to play the trombone, <laughs> and, and you want to make sure you look cool. Okay. I'll see what I can do. All right. We're going to hold here. Okay. I'm nervous right now. Well, I'm wondering, do you think we're going to get her in detention? They're not going to. Risk-reward here is high on the reward side. And honestly, getting suspended a couple of days probably is going to increase your, your image, your coolness. We're only helping. It's just a matter of how much. Hello? Hello. Okay. So, him and the teacher both think I'm crazy now, but... What he did was he just, like, put it under his arm and kind of walked. So I think that's probably the way to do it. Did it, lo- did it look cool? It did look cool. Really? We carried it in a way where you, like, don't notice he's carrying it. Uh, was he still leaning back? Yeah, mm. a little bit. All right. Well, I mean, do you want to try that? I guess. Okay. This feels pretty good. Just <laughs> lean back. I think, that's, I think that's an important component. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks, guys. I think I've found a good position. Great. Thanks, Julia. Have a good day. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. 
I definitely give Julia um, a yes because I really like how she described the coolest kid in school, Zach, um, which is really great. And I also like that she got her question answered right on the spot. Um, I didn't like the peer pressure. That definitely made me a little bit uncomfortable, but I love that Julia pulled through, she followed through, and ended up getting a good answer to her question. You know what nobody likes? Upworthy. Getting stung by a bee. And what's the worst possible place to get stung? We're, we are about to talk about this, and we should say we're going to talk about you know, specific parts of the body. So if, if that bothers you, maybe do something else for a few minutes. Michael Smith studies bees at Cornell University, and he tried to find the answer to that question. So, Michael, you actually used yourself as a subject. Can you tell us how you did this research? So let's see. There were 25 body locations, and I stung each body location three times. I can tell you which was the worst area of the 25 that I stung, though. Okay. Please do. So that would be the nostril. (gasps) Inside? Inside. Oh. So if you were to look at, if you were to touch your own nose, uh, you know, not on the outside of your nose, but if you were to like the skin in between your two nostrils, yeah. as if you were a bull and you'd be pierced there, <laughs> oh. put a honeybee instead. And you did that three times to yourself. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, th- th- maybe this is a personal question, but did did a bee sting your sensitive man region? Uh, yes, it did. Uh, actually, two locations within the sensitive man regions. <laughs> really? Yes. The scrotum and the penis shaft. Ah. Wow. No. And, te- I mean, you're you're clearly a scientist who care- cared very much about getting everything right. But this had to have been a hard, hard day, realizing that uh, you were going to, this was what was going to happen. You know, I think it's just, uh, as strange as it sounds, it's just like, okay, you know, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, Wow. I have to ask you, Michael, so you're stinging yourself every day, multiple times. What was your reaction when you're doing that? When you're standing there and a bee stings you, if a bee stings me, I'd I'd probably shriek or something. What were your reactions? Uh, I mean, I guess, again, that would depend on the location. Uh, You know, for some of them, it was just, okay, that was painful. Uh, was it more painful or less painful than the sting I just received on my forearm? Mm-hmm. However, in the case of the nostril, that's that's a whole body experience. Yeah. Uh, when you get a sting to the nostril, it's it's pretty violent. Your your nose just starts flowing mucus out. Your tears in your eyes they're just welling up. Uh, you're uh, sneezing. You're coughing. It's really it's it's a whole body experience. Um, and remember, at that point. I've just received the sting. I have to leave the stinger in there for a full minute. Yeah. What? Uh, so at that point, your body just wants to get the stinger out. And I mean, if you think of you know the way honeybees, uh, you know, we know that they zero into locations that have high contrast. For example, if you're wearing, if you're doing beekeeping, you're wearing a watch with a black band, they will target the the line between your skin and the dark band. Uh, we also know that they uh, react very strongly to CO2. So they they really are there. Evolution has done a great job for them to really target the most sensitive spots on your body. You know, I, I see all the time I see ads for studies that are done done by at, at universities where they need volunteers or they even offer compensation for people to, to be a subject in a study. This seems like one where you could have uh, got somebody else to to take the stings. Why why do you want to do it? Uh I'm the best person to really rate my own pain. Yeah. Uh, so in that way, you know, it really had to be me. Uh, in addition, 
if I'm looking for a subject that their immune system isn't going to change over the course of the 38 days that I was stung, I need someone who works with bees as well. So I'm not just looking for any old student. I'm looking for a student who's also a beekeeper, who's received stings over the last couple of months, and who's willing to do this, and then I would have to pay them. So, Michael, uh, if you're out in, in nature and a bee comes up to you and you're trying to, you know, it's clearly agitated, what part of your body then are you going to offer to it to keep it from stinging you inside your nose? In the pain rating that I have, the skull, the middle toe tip, and the upper arm, all three received the same pain rating, which was a 2.3. So the toe tip, in that case, it's like... You want to direct them, if they're going to sting you, get them to the toe. Yes. Uh, although, actually, you know, personal preference, I would probably go for the skull or upper arm. Oh. Uh, just because I think then you'd have to take off your shoes, and that would be ridiculous. Well, thank you. This has been so uh, disturbing and fascinating. I hope so. We heard from Amanda. She says she listens to How to Do Everything when restocking the paperwork that gets used in the morgue. Amanda, these next 15 seconds are for you. I think the perfect song to play right now is uh, Zombie by the Cranberries. You see, it's not me, it's not my I think that I would be pretty freaked out to be always be that near paperwork. It's all like, it's alphabetized. A lot of forms. You really learn a lot about this kind of the inevitability of life, of, of paperwork. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? You know, talking to Julia, I wonder if in every high school, the coolest kid is named Zach. I think that's, that's probably true. I mean, think about it. Saved by the Bell? coolest guy was Zach. Slater might disagree with you. I think there are those that think Slater was cooler, but I, I see your point. I, I do think if you're if you're a parent uh, and your dream for your child is that they grow up and, and be cool, uh, name, name them Zach. Boy or girl, name, name them Zach. High School Musical, Zach Efron. Didn't see that. This episode of How to Do Everything was produced by Stephen Tobias and Nadia Wilson has traveled backwards in time to uh, make slight changes to it the consequences of which I've, I've already talked about and I've largely been ignored. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Seth Kelly. I bet this part gets a big yes. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org and visit our website howtodoeverything.org Sent at 249 p.m. Hey guys, it's Julia calling back about my Trapper Keeper situation. So I held it under my arm, and I felt pretty confident and pretty cool, but a little masculine. But overall, I think it was good, and I think I'm going to keep going with it. So I was kind of hoping you would call in somebody famous, but you two did a pretty good job of helping me. So thanks a lot. Have a good day. We can't. We can't let Julia down. You know what? Let's call up Slater. Let's call up A.C. Slater. He's a famous person. Mario Lopez played Slater on Saved by the Bell. So, Mario, any advice for Julia? First of all, Julia, I think what I would suggest is using your locker and going one period at a time to get your books because you can be cool with one book. can't be cool with more than one book. So just make a little trip to your locker 
and uh, you get a little exercise in while you're there, and uh, um, you'll you'll look much cooler. So you're saying it can't be done? Can't really be done unless you're a gentleman and you're carrying books for your girl or another girl you're trying to court. Then that's cool. Other than that, you can't carry all your books at the same time. You only have good luck. Hey, if you're still listening to this podcast, it's over, but there's so much more out there. For example, NPR's All Songs Considered. Each week, Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton find the best of the best songs for you to fall in love with. Find All Songs Considered now at npr.org slash podcasts.